What's going on? Uh, we're here today for our first edition of the Hot Takes Pod with me, Trey Steezy, and my boy, EC2 Shiesty. Yes, first, sir. we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit and get start talking about some basketball. Um, so, my name is Caleb Trahan. I'm from North Augusta, South Carolina. I'm interested in basketball. I play lacrosse uh, collegiately. Also interested in football and other things like that. And really excited to start this pod with my boy EC, start talking about some basketball. Like you said, EC2 Shiesty here. Uh, my name is Ethan Charles from North Augusta, South Carolina. I go to USCB down in Bluffton, South Carolina. I throw shot put and discus down there. Um, also interested in football and basketball. Me and my boy Trey Steezy were play football together since we was some kids, so now we getting into it, breaking it down for y'all and giving y'all some hot takes. Alright y'all, we're going to get into it, starting with the Eastern Conference Finals and everything that's been on, going on with all of that. So right now we have it that the uh, currently, when this was being filmed, there is a game tonight, but the Heat are up 2-1 to one against the Celtics right now. And a big part of that is all thanks to Jimmy Butler because, honestly, in game one, he kind of went silly. Um, He scored 41 points, 12 of 19 shooting. He was almost perfect from the free throw. He went 17 of 18. Also had nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks, which I'm sure my boy Caleb is not too happy about that because he is a Celtics fan. Yeah, guys. I mean, we just – honestly, we – we played bad in the third quarter. We played a good first half. Um, I think the Celts played well. I mean, they played their brand of basketball. They played hard defense. Um, you know, they hustled for every ball. They played well. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown had a solid game. Uh, but once the third quarter came, the um, the Heat started to play, and the Celtics pretty much just didn't. And then getting into that second game, I think the Celtics figured they needed to bounce back a little bit. I think Jason Tatum mentioned in the um, – post-conference are in the post-conference that um, they need to step up. They need to bring it from start to end of the game. Uh, and they brought it for the full time. And I think that's really what changed. Um, that's what changed. And then getting the 25 point win in the third or in the second game. Um, now in the third game, I, I think we saw a little bit more of the Celtics that we saw in that third quarter from the first game. Um, we saw a lot of bad shooting. You know, you saw Jason Tatum in 41 minutes go up. Uh, believe three for 15 just not his kind of night i mean he can be a little inconsistent at times although we'd like to see a better performance from him uh jalen brown really brought it out for the city of boston 40 points sadly not enough but al horford also played a good game then on the other side of the ball it was all bam out of bio i believe he had 31 points about 12 rebounds and uh nobody in the celtics front court could stop him just really not a good game for any of the Celtics and the play, uh, the Heat. Just played better, um, even though Jimmy Buckets was sent out within about 10 minutes of play. Yeah, like Caleb was saying, game two, I mean, game two was not as big of a blowout as uh, game three was. You know, I mean, both teams played a little bit of good basketball here and there, but I guess the uh, Celtics just wanted it more after that rough first game loss. And I mean, they fought for it, but... Like Caleb was saying, they just couldn't fight hard enough in Game 3. Also, uh, Marcus Smart did go out with, I believe, an ankle injury in the game. He did return, but he wasn't playing the same, and I don't think he was. It didn't seem like he was fully healthy going into that game, honestly. I mean, like Caleb was saying, Bam was just going crazy last night, or the night the game was played. And then, 
I don't know, man. It was just, it just seemed like we were watching the same thing that happened in game one. They were just kind of playing lackluster. And I mean, like Caleb was saying, Jason Tatum's performance was pretty unacceptable for somebody who's supposed to be your star player and your team leader. I mean, three for 14 is pretty embarrassing, honestly. And I mean, after you're missing that many shots, you should stop shooting at that point just for a little while. I mean, everybody has good games and bad games, and clearly that was one of his bad games. Yeah, big time. Um, and just another thing I want to talk about was turnovers. I think turnovers were a big thing first game and third game. Well, I mean, in the first game, they were missing Marcus Smart, so Jason Tatum was given the heavy load of um, having to handle the ball most of the game, which as a pure scorer and as a young scorer in the league still, Jason Tatum does not need 90% of the um, ball handling privileges. And I, I know maybe later in time he will get there. But when he has six turnovers or seven turnovers in a quarter in that third quarter during the first game, and then he gets a lot of ball handling privileges in game three, I think you start to see the same problem where he has, um, I think he's almost racked about 20 uh, turnovers within the series, which is quite crazy for a player that doesn't have that many assists in the first place. Uh, I think the Celtics should probably hand those privileges over to uh, Mark Smart for the most part. Yeah, I agree with what Caleb said about that. And honestly, I mean, Jimmy Butler, you can't deny it. I mean, he just generally happens to go crazy in the playoffs. I mean, he got them all the way down to the um, either the conference finals or the finals the year before. And then right now, before game three, he was averaging 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and on 53% shooting, which is honestly just crazy numbers. And he's also had three 40-point games in the postseason alone which is just crazy averages. Uh, Butler's also one of these people that can affect the game in many different ways. I mean, we saw that in the first game when he also put up 41, which is absolutely wild. He had um, five offensive rebounds, nine total rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three bucks. Jamie Buckets has shown us through his long career, or it's quite a long career, that he's not just effective on the offensive end when he wants to be, but he also can be a two-way player that can – guard the other team's best player, and also score 30 to 40 when need be for the um, Heat to be successful. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think Jason Tatum is a great young player. He's honestly probably top three, top two is arguable where you would rank him at, but top two or three best young players in the league right now. I just think Jimmy Buckets is still just like one step ahead of him. He just does more for his team. I think once uh, Jason Tatum – gets a little bit out of that pure focusing, pure scoring, and gets a little bit more into that floor general role. He starts passing more, starts playing a little bit more two-way. I think he'll really just elevate his game to the next level. I mean, he it is a little bit harder for him because he's primarily a small forward when Jimmy Butler can play both the two and the three pretty effectively, pretty evenly. But I really think Jason Hidham has that potential to step into that full leadership role. Um, as far as predictions for Game 4 goes, it is being played in Boston. Um, for me, I think the Celtics can really pull it out right now. I think it also does depend how Marcus Smart comes back off that injury, how serious it was or not. It depends how good Jason Tatum plays. If, his, if that shooting was just a slump or if that was going to be how we see him for the foreseeable future of this playoffs, um, it really depends on that. So. I do think the Celtics will win this one, but they're really going to have to try hard, and it'll it'll be tough. Yeah, like Ethan was saying, I think the Celtics are really a bounce-back team this year. Um, I think we've seen in about every playoffs that once they lose a big one or um, they lose two in a row, they're, they're never the team that's going to lose that third one in a row. 
Um, I think they've really made their success off this in the um, playoffs this year when they went down against the Bucks. They won those two straight to come back, win game seven, and continue on so they could play Miami. And I think we saw it after the first game, after a pretty bad game for everyone. Well, even when they had Marcus Smart out and uh, Al Horford out as well. We saw Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown put up a solid performance that would uh, give them the win and uh, tie it at the 1-1 series. And I know they had the bad game last night, although I do think they will come back stronger. I think Tatum will come back a little bit more fury, get a little mad. Hopefully he'll go off for this uh, game four and send it a 2-2 tie, um, see who wins the next two. So Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, if your 2-2 is a lot better than going into a 3-1, honestly, that can – I think this game is really going to be like the momentum shift or just it's going to really set the Celtics back and then it also could really put them forward and say, hey, we're back even. We can really come out and win this. I mean, when the Celtics beat the uh, when the Celtics beat the Bucks and took down Giannis, I think they really said, we're here to play. We're serious. We can be that guy. Just give us this chance. And they proved it against the Bucks. So I really think they have a good shot against the Heat. All right, y'all, we're going to get into our Western Conference Finals, opinions, takes, predictions, and segments. Um, honestly, right now, this series is kind of uh, making the Mavericks look like a joke at this point. The Warriors are just dominating them. I feel like I'm back in 2016 watching the Warriors just go silly, Oh, except when they got beat by the Cavs. Shout out to LeBron for that. But, I mean, honestly, game one was rough. I mean, the Mavericks only put up 87 points to the Warriors, 112, which is crazy. And then game two, I mean, it was a little bit closer. It was 117 to 126. And the Mavericks had a had a good lead in that, but I guess they just couldn't hold it. I mean, they're just uh, – the Warriors are just beating them on every single aspect of the game, averaging 17 more points per game, averaging 15 more rebounds a game, and uh, 10 more assists per game. It's just honestly crazy to me how how good they're playing. I, it's, I didn't know how good they'd be without KD, but, I mean, I guess Steph Curry, Clay, and Grant – Clay and Draymond are just proving to us that they can just do it again. Yeah, most definitely. I think I think we're most definitely seeing the uh, dominance of the Warriors this year. I think really um, when Clay came back this year, I was unsure if what we were going to see as far as um, production-wise and how this team would do, especially in the playoffs, seeing if Clay could still run on, um, on that knee after the big injury. But I, I think they haven't missed a beat, really. I think the – the Warriors are just as dominant as they were before um, Clay's injury as as they um, are now, and now with guys like Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney, young guys stepping up into their roles that even the big guys like Draymond and uh, Curry and Clay are not having to play as big a role. I mean, we've seen Jordan Poole's um, uh, career take a big step up this last year as he's been averaging uh, twenty points as a six man which is just wild for any team. But to add that guy to the one of the top teams in the league with one of the biggest uh, loads of talent is crazy. Yeah, I mean, Warriors are just doing great. Honestly, they're passing the ball around, doing everything efficiently. I mean, this series you got over you got six players averaging over double digits. I mean, Steph Curry is getting 26, which is honestly a little low for him. But, I mean, he's still – that's still great numbers. We just expect so much from Steph. He's shooting 47 from the three, um, it's just honestly, that's wild. Jordan Poole is doing amazing. He's averaging 21 right now in the series. And then you got uh, Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Looney, and Clay all averaging between 15 and 17. Um, yeah, this team is really just doing great. And, I mean, they're just playing dominant basketball. 
I got you. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, I think the Mavericks played a bad, well, they didn't play a good game in the first game, and I think we got to see that the Warriors were heating it up a little bit. But in this second game, I, I believe the Mavericks played a solid game. I don't think they did anything wrong. Um, for the guys they had, I felt like they played an awesome game. And to lose by nine to the Warriors, as strong as they're playing right now, I think the, the Mavericks should honestly almost take this as a success. I mean, you got to see the Jalen Brunson. I believe he put up 30 along with Lucas, uh, 40 points. I mean, what can you really ask for from your two best players at the moment? I think the, the Mavericks are just missing pieces to play against this talented of a Warriors team. And sadly, I think this will be their downfall. So I see in this next game, we'll probably see another Warriors win. Um, I would guess by about 20. If if the Mavericks play good, maybe a little bit less. But sadly, I don't think they'll be able to put the same performance that they were in um, game two. So Yeah, I definitely agree with Caleb on that. And I mean, like Caleb's saying, it's not like the Mavericks played bad ball in the second game. Not at all. I mean, Luka is almost averaging a triple-double. He's averaging 31-6-6. Six six. I mean, he's really doing everything he can. He's honestly that guy for this team right now. And he has been for the whole season. I mean, these two teams aren't that far off. I mean, they had about the same record. Uh, Warriors won one more game. But, I mean, these two teams went in as the third and fourth seeds, and they both proved themselves. But, I mean, like Caleb was saying, I don't think the Warriors – I mean, the Mavericks are necessarily doing anything bad. The Warriors are just doing everything exactly right and just playing their basketball, which honestly is really successful basketball. Um, Yeah, like like we were also saying, I really think the War- the Mavericks could be – that team, but they're just missing a few key pieces. They really should do well in this free agency, and then that might help them put themselves up there a little more. Yeah, most definitely. I think like Ethan was saying, the, the Mavericks are a few pieces away from being a Western Conference lock almost every year. I think as soon as they get those pieces around Luka, I think they could be an awesome team that we see in the finals almost every year. Uh, now we're about to get into our hot takes for the day. I just want to go ahead and share my first hot take. It's that the Pelicans can be a top four team in the West if they are healthy next year. Now I know this sounds a little crazy to most people as I believe they were the ninth seed this year. Although I think with a healthy Zion averaging 25 and 10 like he always does, I think they could be a very solid team. I mean, they have other young pieces like Herb Jones and uh, Brandon Ingram, along with some older pieces that could be very helpful, like C.J. McCollum uh, starting in that starting lineup. I feel like this could be a very powerful team, and we see them have a lot of success in the West. Now, I don't know how about the uh, postseason success for this team, but I do believe they could do quite well in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree this is a hot take, and some might not agree with it, but I agree with it. I think this is a smart take. I think I really like this take, honestly, and I agree with this take. Um like you were saying, Zion, if he comes back healthy, he is really the main factor to this team's success at this point, but they do have other surrounding pieces. Um, kind of depends on him and C.J. McCollum both play in this. but And there also is not tons of competition in the West right now. I mean, you do have those super good teams. you got the Grizzlies, you got the Warriors, you got the Mavericks. But, I mean, other than that, there is some open room and there is some definitely room for a young, good team to come up there and take that spot and etch themselves in there amongst the greats. Um, My first hot take is that Devin Booker will not win a championship unless he gets a predetermined star big man 
or he gets put on a team that already has that predetermined big man. I think he's a great player, and I think that he can score, he can pass, he can he can do all the fundamentals, he can orchestrate plays. He's a amazing four general, but I mean, one guy can only do so much against five. He can lead his team all the way up to that point. Once you get to that point of the postseason when you're playing teams as good as the Warriors, as good as the Celtics, Heat, Mavs, those big already predetermined teams that are solidified, he just can't do that much. I mean, one superstar isn't really going to do everything against five superstars. Yeah, most definitely. I like this take a lot. I think we got to see what D-Book could do in the one-verse-five uh, situation earlier in his career as he was stuck with the Suns as they were uh, they were winning 17 games a year. And we got to see um, how the kid will fight early in his career. But um, now with this later team with Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, a few more pieces, we got to see the success that he could have as that star piece on a team. Although I do believe Deb, or D-Book is a very good player, and I think he is most definitely a solid scorer. Um, he definitely needs another piece. Um, I don't think he's that type of player that can do it all by himself. I mean, we've only seen uh, so few do that in history as them being the, the vocal piece and pretty much the only piece on their team. But D-Book needs another player. He needs a big man. He needs a solid big man that's going to be able to get him the ball, let him do his work but also be that lob threat if he needs to initiate the offense. Um, yeah. I think it would be a lot better that way. My second take is that Russell Westbrook, Damon Lillard, James Harden, and Chris Paul are all out of their prime. Yes, even Damian Lillard. These guys are not competing at the same level they used to. We're not seeing their names as much as we used to. They're not putting up the same stats they used to. Uh, Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, kind of fell off as soon as he left. The Thunder, he had those few good seasons in Houston, but he still was not that guy. Uh, Damon Lillard, I mean, two, three years ago, he was leading the Trailblazers to what was almost a finals victory. I mean, he was almost in the finals, almost beat the Warriors. He used to be that guy. I mean, Dame Dalla, Dame Time, arguably one of the most clutch players in the league's history, but I don't think he's that caliber anymore. Still a great player, still can do a lot of things, but just still not up there. James Harden, I've also always never been the biggest fan of him, but I, and I think he was always a little bit overrated. He's a great scorer, can do a lot on offense, is a really good shooter, but I think he's always going to live in the shadow of guys like Steph Curry, who can play both ways, who can do everything. James Harden is probably the most lackluster defensive player I've ever watched. And Chris Paul, I have tons of respect for Chris Paul. I honestly hoped that the Suns would have pulled it out this year so he can get a ring, I think. He's very deserving of it. He's a very hard worker. He's very, he's just competed for so many years at such a high level and always been consistent. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think about that, Caleb? Um, yeah. For the most part, I do agree with this take. I think Westbrook, you're you're most definitely not seeing the best of him in his career. I think at one time he was the centerpiece on his own team, and I feel like he had to be for most of his team. I mean, Westbrook or Westbrick. He has to be on a team full of shooters where the center is a shooter. And I think we're just not seeing that in the Lakers. Everybody's not a shooter on the Lakers. You're having too many pieces that are too many players that want to crash the paint at one time to get buckets. And uh, not enough players where Westbrook can pretty much just have the ball in his hands at all the time, uh, charge the paint and kick it out. So he's not averaging these double doubles like we're used to. And then Dame, um, I think Dame's just dealt with injury. And I think as we've seen, um, players go through injuries their prime kind of speeds up a little bit i think we've seen this with dame he's i mean of course he's a solid player and he's continuing to do well um but 
Also with Harden, um, I think we've seen the best of Harden already. And I believe at one time Harden was an MVP candidate. You know, that was killing the game, that's for sure. And he's been doing very well. But uh, right now I don't think we're seeing the best of him in um, in Philly. And then CP3, this is kind of where I disagree. I feel like CP3 has always been at the top of his game. And the older he's gotten, almost the better he's gotten. He's aged quite well. Um, he, he's still a great playmaker. He still gets to the mid-range very well, gets to the bucket, finishes well. I think CP3 is a dynamic player. And until he retires, I think he'll always be solid for some team. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Tons of respect to CP3, but he's still great, but still, I don't think he's still that caliber that he used to be. Yeah. And then for my second take, uh, I said that um, I don't think Trey will ever see the same success that he saw in the past years in the East, or when he made his trip to the Eastern Conference Finals without another big superstar or a big name added to his team. I think this this player also has to be a, a lob threat or a power forward or a center that we're going to see. I think, I think Trey's a very solid player, and I'm not going to take anything from him, but I don't think he can carry a team quite like some other players in the league can right now. And I do think he's going to need a big four, a big five, that's going to um, really elevate his level of play. I 100% agree with this take. Uh, a lot like D-Book, Trey Young can do a lot. He can play many aspects of the game, facilitating, shooting, dribbling. has a huge bag, but one guy can't do it all. I mean, he can do as much as he can. He can average 30, 40 points a night. But if you don't have a couple other guys, at least one or two guys that are making that same impact, you're not going to go very far, especially as this Eastern Conference is having tons more talent. We're hearing a lot. And a lot of teams are making an impact that a couple years ago weren't. We're not seeing the same two teams in the finals every year. And I'm glad. I'm glad we're, a lot of teams are making a lot of noise because for a long time, the Eastern Conference just wasn't. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that take. Yeah, most definitely. So I wanted to add a little bit more to that take. I know that we, we always compare Trey and Luca, um, especially since they were in the same class, got traded for each other and a uh, big part of the, each other's careers. But I just wanted to add this take that uh, Luca won't win a finals without a complimentary star big man. I think Luca's a very solid star. And like we said about Trey and both D-Book, I think they need another piece. And Luca most definitely needs a big man, and we've seen this in the, um, his playoff run this year. For sure. All right, guys, that's all we got for today on the Hot Takes Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Pod, and YouTube at Hot Takes Only. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at The HTO Pod. That is The HTO Pod. Yeah, guys, I appreciate y'all listening and tuning in today. Be on the lookout for our Twitter. We're going to be putting out a link where y'all can send us voice messages. Anything you want to talk about, your takes, your opinions, anything you want us to cover, we'll be listening. We'll cover it in the next pod. Appreciate y'all listening. EC2 Shiesty and Trace Steezy out.